0: Yeah, um, we're going to do something a little different, we're going to do worship at the end, I hope you guys don't mind, um, we're going to get into our study in a little bit, just wanted to let you guys know, a lot of you guys know uh, Jacob and Sarah, young couple, beard, awesome looking beard that Jacob has, but anyways, um, Sarah had the little baby, little uh, Lo- Laura Rose Joy Garcia, eight. Pounds, six ounces. She was supposed to get induced yesterday, and she didn't have it until today. So poor girl. But everything's cool. Everything's awesome. We, had, we added to the church family a little little baby girl. And so what I want to do before we get into our, our study, I just want to just... We're singing, I will worship you for who you are. So let's just spend some time in prayer, but not asking I just want prayer and worship. Let's just worship a little bit in prayer. Just thanking him for who he is. And however the Lord lays it on your heart, it doesn't have to be a long prayer, short prayer. If there's silence, let's just be in silence for a little bit before our Father. And so, Suzanne, start us off. Oh, yeah. the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same Lord that your name would be glorified and lifted up on high Lord you are the God who saves you are the God who cares Lord you are all those things and you have given us your word and even right now Lord God I just pray that God you would just let your Holy Spirit fall upon this place (coughs) use me your glory, Lord, and help my brothers and sisters to have ears to hear your word, Lord. Encourage them, challenge them, move us, Lord. And Lord, as we worship at the end, Lord God, that we would just totally be ready to just bow down before you and worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, uh, we finished Acts chapter 16. We were in that chapter a little longer than I wanted to be, but there was so much in that chapter that was just epic. Um, And at the end, as Paul and Silas were let go of the jail that was in the city of Philippi, it it doesn't really tell us in that chapter how long they were actually in the city of Philippi. But it was long enough for a church... To get started and to get going. So it, they just didn't start it and leave. They they started it and they got it going. Which which means that, that they, there was people that were coming and they were preparing them for their departure. Whether they knew when they were leaving or not. It got going. Um, we do know that Paul would stop on his third missionary journey in Philippi once again but not much is, is said about that trip or that time that they stop in Philippi so so you need to I guess understand that his time that he did spend with them on this journey um, it, it, it was pretty intense in the sense that um, that even though there wasn't much written about what he did in his third missionary journey in philippi on this trip he got this church started and going and and, and paul thought highly very highly of the believers in the church of philippi in, in writing them a letter some 10 years after their the first visit after they got started about 10 years later when 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 he wrote to them he 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 wrote he wrote this to them if you want to turn over there you can jot it down uh, Philippians chapter 1 this, this is what he thought about these guys in, in verse uh, 3 of chapter 1 he says I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine making requests for you with joy all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, just as it is right for me to think this of you because you, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains and in the, the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For all you all you are you all are partakers with me of grace verse 8 for god is my witness how greatly i long for you all with the af- affection of jesus christ he had he had this tenderness towards them and he had this confidence about them and again we don't know exactly how much time he he spent spent with them but there was a confidence that Paul had for these believers in Philippi <clears throat> that they would do just fine and the reason he knew that they would do just fine is because they understood the grace of God they understood the grace of God unlike what he told the Galatians when he wrote to the Galatians and he said this to them in chapter 4 verse 11 I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. And the difference is that that the people, the churches in Galatia had become so legalistic that they were so narrow-minded in their mindset and stuff that they were judging so many other people for the freedoms that they had. And I think that the Philippian people, I think they, they understood grace enough that they were like messing around all the time. Not in a bad way, but... But they weren't being condemned for everything they did. They just were, they understood the grace. They understood the grace and they were able to live in the grace. He says, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. I know it because you understand that it's not about your works or anything like that. It's about grace. And the Galatians just had this legalism thing that they had gotten caught up in. And so we catch up with Paul and Silas being released from jail at the end. And the next day, after they had been stripped and beaten, they had spent the night or most of the night in the inner prison, in the dungeon, and in chains. And what a night that must have been as we looked at it last week. And I'm sure they wouldn't have changed it for the world. Even though it was a dark moment for them, being, being in prison, naked, beaten, and in chains, yet God showed up in this night season that they went through. And He just lifted them up. And God got the glory that night, because even in, during their suffering, great joy came out of it. And, and and so I just see that these guys were just excited, even though they had just gotten beat up and stuff. So as Paul protests about how they are being released, you know, as we looked at that, that all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, man, you guys openly beat us and put us in prison, and you're telling us to kind of skirt out under the radar. He says, no, 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 we're not going to have any of that. And he calls the... Tells them, hey, go tell those magistrates to come over here and tell, and tell us to leave. And so they came and kindly asked them to leave. Paraphrase, they probably said, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. Can't stay stick around here no more. You got to go. So after they fellowshiped with the brethren at Lydia's house, they departed. They headed south. Before they headed west. And so chapter 17 verse 1. Says now. When they passed through. Amphipolis. And Apollyon. Apollyon. Apollyanna, whatever. Ah, I practiced it all day. <laughs> Apollonia. They came to Thessalonica. Where there ...was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into to them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks... And not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews, who were not persuaded, uh, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not Find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren in uh, to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decree of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city. When they heard these things, so when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let him go. Now notice really quick before we we get going that in verse 1 says, Now when they they had passed, um, the word they, Luke had joined them when they were in Troas, and he had joined them and accompanied them across the sea there and into uh Philippi but now he use, and he started using the word weed in the last chapter but now he's talking about them and it's quite possible that that Luke the writer um was going to meet with them at another time but but at this time as as he continues in the narrative in in, in the storyline uh that he's writing for, to uh Theophilus his friend he, he begins to say, "Now they so so he kind of left them and let them go and again, a lot of people believe that that maybe Luke lived in that area of Philippi, and he was one of those that strengthened the church and became one of the leaders, and then took off and joined them later but here they they 're on their way and they're they 're beginning to go south through through the mountains of of Macedonia on this." Very popular road that, that, that spanned from one end of the continent kind of to, to the, the, the other end, just kind of all the way across. And, and it was a, a road that, that was well-traveled, but they were going to be going about 100 miles south from Philippi to Thessalonica. And they by- bypassed a couple of the smaller cities that are mentioned here that I jacked up their names. But they they, they they bypassed those cities. Now, going 100 miles, it's quite possible that they stopped at these cities as they traveled. The day's journey were, was about 20 miles. If you were, like, hoofing it, doing good, you might have gone 30 miles and stuff. But but they, they, they probably touched and, and stayed in the, a couple of these cities before they came to the bigger city of Thessalonica. Again, it doesn't tell us that any ministry went on when they stopped off in these small towns or cities, but I can't imagine Paul and and his team not ministering. Wherever they went, they had a heart for people, but it's quite possible that these cities were small enough that there wasn't really like synagogues to meet in and so maybe they just touched base whoever they stayed with and they were on their way. But they had a, a goal to get to Thessalonica because it was another strategic city, just like Philippi was. It was one of the, the 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 cities that even today remains from the New Testament era. And if you wanted to to look for it or, or go there even, it goes by the name of Thessaloniki or Salonika, Salonika. So I don't know if it's a vacation place or not, but it is an important city, even today, industrial and commercial seaport city. It it is part of modern-day Greece area. Thessalonica, or the way, you know, it, 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 it was kind of second to Athens, even in population, Right now, it's probably about 400,000 people. Um, But even back then, it was hustling and bustling, and and things were happening. And it was a very important city. Again, it was a very strategic city. And even in the days of of Paul, there was probably well over 200,000 people that called Thessalonica home. And most of them were Greeks. Um, A lot of them were, were Romans. I mean, the Romans were everywhere. And there was also a strong minority of Jewish people. They had a synagogue there. And Paul knew that if there was a synagogue, he was going to make his way to that synagogue because he knew that in these synagogues, for the most part, there was seekers. There was people that were interested um, in, in seeking God. Especially not just the, the, the Jewish people, because again, for them, it just had become religion. But there was a lot of people that were proselytes, that were, that were Greeks, that, that had converted to Judaism, and they had been seeking the God of the Jews. And so their heart to go was to have a platform. Because oftentimes in these synagogues, um, people were allowed to speak. And Paul was no stranger to speaking. He liked to be in front. He liked to speak. Whenever the, uh, the, the, the opportunity arose, he was going to say something. And it kind of reminds us of Peter. Because when we've been going through the book of Acts, when there was opportunity, Peter spoke. He put himself out there. And Paul was just kind of like, like that same kind of guy who didn't mind, in a crowd, being the one that goes up there and speaks. I know people are like, well, I'm not, I, I can't speak in front of people. Then you probably wouldn't be like Paul. You probably won't be putting yourself out there on a regular basis. You can do one-on-one really well, and that's cool. But Not a lot of people want to go in front uh, of of, of crowds. Paul had no problem with that. To him, crowd meant, I will be talking. If they give me an opportunity, I will go for it. And that's why I think a lot of times we read about Paul and all these amazing things that he went through um, because he wasn't afraid to throw himself out there. I know we always, you know, would, would would make fun of Peter, especially in the Gospels, because he would say a lot of dumb things. But at least he said them. At, le- at least he went. He put himself out there, even when he was wrong. Most of us were going, man, I would never do that. Yeah, you probably wouldn't get the experiences that Peter and Paul had either, because whenever they put themselves out there, right or wrong, they were going to see God work. And Paul, we we we've learned that that man, because he put himself out there, he put himself in a lot of danger, it seemed like. And and he's no stranger to getting jacked up and beat up. And that's what happened in Philippi. And, 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 and if you can just kind of picture, it doesn't tell us what days of the week, but he gets beat up on one day. And again, he was stripped and beat with rods. So much so that there was like probably welts and cuts, lacerations, and stuff. Because that night he gets, or that day he gets thrown in prison. And that night, when all the rumbling happened, it says that the jailer took him home, and 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 he was cleaning him up from all his wounds. So you know that that if you're having to clean somebody up like that, he got pretty beat up. He was pretty jacked. And 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 so that next day is when they're letting him out. But he's cleaned up. But you can tell when somebody's kind of gotten hurt and beat up and stuff, sometimes they get a little puffy with where, where it hurt. And it's like, ow, you know, don't put that on me. It kind of hurts right now. Um, and, and you're walking probably a little more gingerly, you know, being, being hit with rods and stuff. And they're making a 100-mile trip. So you can imagine, I mean, maybe they weren't running. And maybe it took a little longer. But if they walked into Thessalonica, three days later, four days later, you could still see, dude, were you like in a bar or something? Because you got jacked up. You look like, man, somebody just beat you. Well, they did. You know, and it's almost like, so where have you been? Well, I've been in jail, um, but I want to speak at your synagogue. <laughs> I know I look the way I do, but I have something to say. Can you imagine? I mean, we, would we be that open if somebody walked in and said, hey, I just got out of jail, and I know I look all jacked up and stuff, but I got I got a testimony. I think sometimes we'd go, oh, gee, well, why don't you sit for a little bit? Why don't you heal up a little bit before you kind of talk to our peeps around here? Because, um, I don't know, you're kind of scaring me, even. How many of us would be open enough to, to allow a Paul like this in our lives. How, how many of us would have just kind of like ignore the guy? Because you can imagine, it's been within a week, but within five days, that he has just gotten beat up really bad. And I just kind of think about these things because when we look at Paul, we all, you know, you, oh, he went into Thessalonica, and man, look at what started happening. And we think that he's all like, you know, all chulo, you know, you know all... <laughs> Oh, pretty boy! Already, it's like no, no. He 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 probably looked a little bad, and yet he wasn't afraid to get back out there. He wasn't a, afraid to to put himself out there, even though he didn't look his best. He was willing to continue to be out there. But they welcomed him into the synagogue. Thessalonica and it says that he taught for three sabbaths there that's not to say that he only taught three times though because I can imagine again Paul being a people person wanted to be in people's houses when he was out in the streets when he was at the little cafes having a little bible study wherever he went he was going to be ministering but the synagogues were the places where he could speak to, to the crowds. And I'm sure they, they followed or they invited him to go with them. And he was teaching them along the way. Because if you go into the book of, of Thess- Thessalonians, he teaches some, some very basic doctrinal truths throughout that book. A lot of them. And he keeps on referring, remember when I was with you. Remember when I was with you. Remember I shared these things. Remember I said those things. And again, the people from Thessalonica were kind of second from, from Athens. And if you know about Athens, and we'll be learning about it later, they were very. Uh, they were into idolatry. And the Thessalonians were, were also as well. They were very much into that. And so again, he is going into hostile territory, but he is not backing down. He continues to move on. And in less than a month of him being there before he gets kicked out, he has started and left a thriving and, and flourishing church. He had taught them well. We, we, we know from the letter of, to the Thessalonians that, that he has sent Timothy back to them at one point to continue the teaching. To continue to to encourage them. And and if you go through that letter, you know that they were suffering quite a bit. That the pressures were coming against them. We we, we see that this mob, these people, were coming against Paul, and they were kicking him out. Well, after he left, it didn't stop. But he left a thriving church, a flourishing church. Those who believed in the gospel... And what Paul had to say, just fell in love with Paul. He just fell in love with him and his guys. He had a tender heart towards them. But when you look at verses 2 and, and 3, there, there, there's th- three, four, four words that I underlined as I was reading through it. It says that he went in for three Sabbaths and he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. And the word reasoned means that he dialogued with, with them. Through questions and answers. But it also has a meaning. of dis, uh, To discuss with arguments. And exhortation. I don't know if it got heated. But he was willing to argue with them. He was willing to, to banter back and forth. About the scriptures. And reason with them. Again there were, there was Jews. That were in there. There was Greeks that were converted. That, that knew some of the scriptures. So he is reasoning with them. He's not backing down. He just. Throws it out there. And then it says that, that as he reasoned the scriptures, explaining was another word that I underlined. Explaining, opening up and expounding the scriptures to them. And demonstrating, proving, alleging is another word. That Jesus was the Messiah. He was the one that they had been reading about. And so he's demonstrating to them that this Jesus that, that I'm preaching to you, that's another word, preaching, he was heralding this this message. He was proving to them from the Old Testament scriptures the evidence that Jesus is the Messiah. He was proving to them. and And, and again, for us, when we look at this, is that are we able are we willing to reason with people when we're wanting to communicate the gospel are we willing to open up and expound the gospel to them are we even willing to demonstrate show them from what we know and again that that last word that i have underlined is 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 preaching or preach to announce because to them especially in 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 acts a lot of the sermons have to do with the resurrection of jesus christ i mean that was pivotal that was that was like the the knockout punch because they were they were stuck in their own ways and he's going this is the new doctrine man this is this is what jesus came to do and again are we able to not just reason and explain to people but also demonstrate are we willing to announce and to, and to proclaim the gospel and the resurrection? Can we do that? The, the, the result of all this kinds of all this kind of ministry that they did was that some of them, the Jews, were persuaded. But a great multitude of the devoted dev, devout Greeks, more than likely those converted that had converted to Judaism, they believed and Luke says, and not a few leading women joined Paul and Silas, which means, or it's another word for man, there was a big crowd of women. There was a lot of women. That that there wasn't a few. It was a lot that believed. We 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 don't see the multitudes like we see like when Peter preached when three thousand come come to the Lord or 2,000 or there's just this, the whole city shows up. It, it, it was in a space of, of, of three Sabbath that this ministry was happening. And it's interesting because again, when we've been going through the book of Acts we see thousands coming, hundreds coming, we see great multitudes. Well, this one took time. It was different. It, it, it wasn't bad. It, it was just different. But it kind of just showed me the the, the steadiness of preaching the gospel, the continuing and not giving up. So what? So thousands of people don't come to the Lord. Just be steady. Just go after those devout Jews or, or, or I mean, those devout Greeks or, or, or those women that are out there. Continue to pour out. Even though a month might not seem long, he was able to minister and continue. He didn't give up after the first Sabbath and say, ah, just, I'm just not seeing the multitudes. I thought this was going to be exciting. It might have not been as exciting as maybe some of the other times that he had seen. But he continued on. Verses 5 through 9. It says, but but the Jews who were not persuaded (laughs) became envious and took some of the evil men from the, the marketplace and gathered a mob and set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. One of of the things that results, as a result, (laughs) of people being persuaded is that those who are not persuaded will bring about opposition. And this is one of those things that we have been seeing and studying throughout the book of Acts. And I think this is why one of the reasons, I mean, we've been in it for a year already, but one of the reasons my heart was to turn to Acts to remind us that, that even though opposition comes, stay steady, continue going. Because anytime you begin to preach the gospel, anytime you begin to, to go out and put yourself out there, there will be opposition when you stand up for righteousness sake. Again, I think by now we should be accustomed not just as we go through the book of Acts, of seeing opposition, but we should be accustomed to that in this world, against us, when we're standing up for righteousness' sake. When the world decides that it wants to do all these things, and and, and it's going in that direction, and it's rapidly going in that direction, are we going to stand for righteousness? Because if you do, (laughs) there will be opposition that comes against you. When you stand up for abortion, when you stand up against gay marriage, when you stand up against certain things that the world is clamoring for, because of what the Word of God says, there will be opposition. When you mention the name of Jesus, you can mention all the other gods and mention everything else, but when you mention the name of Jesus, He will divide. There will be opposition. And so we should be accustomed to this. Not that we go looking for it, because... We don't have to. It will come. But you see, they became envious and jealous because some were leaving the synagogue. This envy and this jealousy should have driven these Jews especially and even those who were converted to Judaism, it should have drove them to dig into the scriptures even deeper to see if what Paul was preaching was true, but instead of going deeper, they they go after the evil and wicked men that were in the marketplace. It, it says in the in the Amplified, the ruffians, the the rascals, the 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 link, not lingerers, but um, those who just kind of lounge around the marketplace, Loiters, bums. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. They they, they go after those guys to come and do their their bidding and they rile them up. And this just goes to show that many who are stuck in their ways, in this case, in their religion, are oftentimes not interested in the truth. They are about keeping things the way they have always been, even if they're wrong and not willing to have an, an open mind to what Jesus has. Something new and amazing was staring them in the face, and they preferred to keep things the same way. And so they would rather attack and cause an uproar than to take serious what the gospel is saying to them. They they, they weren't happy about what these guys were coming and preaching. And if they're not happy, then they don't want anybody else happy. And again, it just kind of goes to show us that when we go and preach the gospel, there will be those who are persuaded and there will be those who are not persuaded. It happened to Paul. It happens to us. And those who are not persuaded will sometimes attack you. They will will make a big uproar in the house, in the family house. It's like, I'm tired of you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, right on. (laughs) Don't be surprised. Because they couldn't find Paul and his team or him and Silas, they went after the house of Jason. And more than likely he was a new believer there. And it's quite possible that he was one of Paul's relatives because Paul mentions him in Romans sixteen twenty one as a countryman, a kinsman, a relative in different translations. what we have here is others being attacked and mistreated on behalf of others. Granted, they knew each other but it wasn't Jason and those who were with him who they wanted but they persecuted them instead. And as I thought about this I thought would I be willing to would I be willing to, to go through what Jason went through for someone else? Would I be willing to be attacked for someone else? And, and, and I might think, well, if, if they were my family, or, or if I knew them well, I'd stand up for them. But what if you didn't? What if you didn't know them well? What, what if they're just a brother or sister in, in the church? Would you stand up for your brother and sister in the church, and even be attacked verbally as a Christian? Again, we we, we It's like, what if people were attacked on our behalf? You know, how, how about if you got attacked for something I said, or or because I stood up for something, and they're coming against you? Oh yeah, your pastor so and so. Would you be willing to stand up, you know? And what would I do, you know? It's like would I come to your defense? I'm like man, you don't have to fight for me, you know? Because I, I, I'm thinking about that. And I'm going well. Where, where was Paul, you know? When he found out that Jason was was was, was getting attacked, how come he didn't come to his defense? Or, or did they say, hey Paul, Paul, you just stay where you're at, man? We'll take the we'll take the heat for you, because it seems like right after all of that, all of that attack. It seems like the brothers from there decided we need to get Paul out of here because he just got beat up over in, in Philippi not too long ago and we don't want that to happen. And so it just seemed like they just fell in love with him and they just wanted to protect him as well. And I'm just thinking, man, that's, what a pal, what a pal, you know? Because, a, a, again, it sounds like that Jason and those guys, they, they took the suffering. It sounds like there was even a security or a bond that was taken from them. But I think that they were more than willing, more than willing to do that. Or maybe they just didn't have a choice. (laughs) But when it came time for them to come to Paul, they, uh, they stood up for him. And I would think that as brothers and sisters that we would desire to stand up for one another. That we would be willing to take the heat. Not, not fight. But just take the heat for our brothers and sisters. Because I'll tell you that it, that's going to happen more and more as the days get evil. That we will have to stand up for one another. That, that others will be attacked on your behalf. You know, uh, at, at our winter camp that the high schoolers had the other day, there was a, a 15-year-old Chinese girl that came and shared that in, in, in China, her, her parents, her dad especially, had been in prison several times. Grandma had been in prison. And they were telling them that they were going to go after the daughter next. And so they ended up sending sending her to the United States over here. Somehow they got her over here. And it's like they're willing to suffer over there for the sake of their daughter. <laughs> but you know what? I, I asked uh, somebody was talking to her, and they asked, "So, what do you want to do when you grow up?" She goes, "I want to go back. I want to go back." <laughs> She's willing to suffer for the gospel's sake, to, to protect her dad. Now, it's interesting. And so they're being accused of many of the same things that that Jesus was. Accused of disturbing the peace and treason. And, you know, there's another king. He talks about being king over Caesar and things like that. The comments that were made about Paul, Silas, and, and these guys is, is that these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. <laughs> those who, who made those comments may have thought that they were putting Paul down and his team. But that was the best thing I could ever say about them. It's like, really? Man, I'm turning the world upside down? I'm making a difference? You know? You know, it it seems like like Paul and and his team, it seems like his fame had gone before him. They knew Something had been happening. These guys were doing something. They were turning the world upside down over Philippi. And he got beat up. And I think we need to do the same here, he said. They, they're, they're saying. They're, they're, they're trying to rile people up. <clears throat> they were making an impact in the world. Paul and Silas and, and Timothy, they were making an impact on these guys. And the Jews were upset. But, but beyond that, the ruler of this world was upset. <laughs> He's the one that has the world upside down. <laughs> if, if anything, it was these guys that were trying to put people right side up so they can walk straight, so they can, they can see clearly. And the ruler of this world will have none of that. And he doesn't like for his world and his domain to be messed with. And that's what we get to do. We get to turn the world upside down or right side up, however you want to look at it. We have that responsibility. We get to go do that. And that it would be said of us, man, you're just like impacting people's lives, man. We don't like it. (laughs) Right on. As long as they're coming to Jesus. As long as they're coming to Jesus. Verse 10 through 15 as we close up here so we can worship. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away By night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul and Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowd. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. But both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and received a command. For Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed they departed it, it, it seemed like the brethren were willing to take the brunt of the persecution and they said Paul Silas you guys need to go get safe you guys need to go somewhere else we are willing to take the brunt of the persecution and they did when you read the book of 1 Thessalonians you see that they suffered greatly. But there was joy in the Holy Spirit, it says in that first chapter. They suffered with joy. They desired to do that, and under the cover of darkness, they send them to Berea, about 50 miles or 40 miles away. But these, that they, that they came across, were fair-minded, open-minded, and they listened eagerly, searching the scriptures. That's what those guys should have done in Thessalonica. But that wasn't, that wasn't the case. And they were jealous, so much so that they went following after them to persecute them, to rile people up. Guys, there, there, there's nowhere where we're going to go where it's always going to be smooth sailing. When you preach the gospel, when you stand up for righteousness, opposition will come all the time. Don't be scared. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And so let us turn this world upside down, turn it right side up, however you want to look at it. Let us continue and not be weary in well-doing. That, that, that maybe, I don't know, I don't know, again, how, however you want to look at it, if this world's upside down, that we would be turning people right side up. Or if this world's the way it is, let's turn people upside down with us. Let's be different. Let's just be different, not weird, not obnoxious, just different. Steady, different. Preaching the gospel, standing up for righteousness sake. And see what God does in your life. Put yourself out there. (laughs) Put yourself out there. I like that. Last night I was able to see somebody get put out there and lead somebody to the Lord at one of the, the meetings I was at last night. And it was just like, right on. I love seeing that, man. That the Lord would allow us to put ourselves out there. That we wouldn't be afraid. You know, don't be a little girl when it comes to putting yourself out there. Go for it. And you'll see what God's going to do. Amen? Let's worship, guys. Father, thank you so much, again, for your word. That Lord just speaks and ministers. Lord, you give us examples from those who have gone before us. Lord, to think that our brother Paul suffered, him and Silas, Lord God, being in prison, naked, beaten, and in chains, and within a week, Lord, desiring to do the same thing that got them there. And I just pray, God, that you would give us that kind of boldness, that, Lord, when we suffer for being a Christian, when we suffer for standing up for righteousness' sake, that we would not cower but that we would stand firm. That we would not allow the enemy, the ruler of this world, to dictate our life. Jesus, you said, Lord God, that those who are in the world love their own. Lord, we want to love them with your love so they can be taken out of the world, just like you've taken us out. Give us that boldness. Help us, Lord God. Encourage us, Lord God, to step, step out, to put ourselves out there. I pray that even right now, even as we worship, Lord, that God you would draw people into your presence to worship, to honor, to glorify you, Lord. For you are worthy, you are to be praised, Lord. And we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name. You know, now as we spend this time in worship, I just encourage you to.